Hey there, top teachers. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to chime in and announce that this summer we are holding a live event. This event is designed to give you hands-on training in the areas of time management, organization, and productivity so that you can have the skills and strategies necessary to reduce your stress and develop a work-life balance. Does that sound good? I know it does. The date of this event is on Monday, July 25th, 2022 in York, Pennsylvania. It is a one-day workshop that will be held at the Terrace at Heritage Hills Resort. We have general admission tickets for the event, but if you want a little bit more time with Michelle and I, we also have VIP tickets that will give you preferential seating and a private session after the live event has ended. If you want to learn a little bit more or if you are already sold and you want to get your tickets right now, head on over to www.teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store and click on the icon for live event tickets. Don't wait. We only have a few VIP seats left, but we have plenty of general admissions. We hope to see you there. Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Listen, planning on your (laughs) own is kind of boring, but planning with a friend is so much more fun. So in today's episode, you're going to get a chance to plan with us for the end of the school year. We're going to give you some steps for managing all the craziness that is the end of the school year. And Bridget has volunteered (laughs) to be a guinea pig and go through the steps live on this episode. I mean, I don't know if I volunteered. You were voluntold. Um, But first, before we turn into this really cool psych experiment of how Bridget does under pressure, we're going to hear a TSH from Jackie. Jackie says, my biggest TSH these days is decision fatigue. Girl, I understand. At the beginning of the day or week, I feel energized and ready to tackle my to-do list and ongoing tasks. By the end of the day or week, I'm tired and my head is spinning, so I know I am making sloppier choices than I aim to make. I use Google Tasks for to-do lists. I keep a weekly schedule pad on my school desk. I have a good morning and and good evening routines. Excuse me. But during the school day, I feel really overwhelmed and sometimes just give up. Help. That became very sultry there at the end, Bridget. Beautiful. I did. I don't know what was happening with my voice. I'm talking too much. It's okay. All right, Jackie, I am really happy you brought this up because decision fatigue is a real thing. I remember when I first started teaching, I would come home and Billy would ask what I wanted for dinner because bless his heart, he loves to cook and I love him for that. I would literally just say, I don't know, or I don't care because I didn't have the mental energy to even make that decision as simple as it is. So in order to overcome this, we started planning all of our meals for the week in advance and we purposefully planned meals that were easy. So I'm talking like microwavable, steamable vegetables. Okay. They're your best friend. If you're not using them, you need to. So my best advice for overcoming decision fatigue is to make as many decisions in advance as possible. You mentioned how, oh, there's, there's Ember shaking. She, she was doing so well. She had fallen I didn't even asleep. hear her. Okay. Well, maybe they couldn't either. And then now I no. sound stupid, but It's all right. (laughs) Um, So Jackie mentioned a lot of great strategies in place. I would figure how to make it 
easier in order to get started on those tasks. So even little things like moving the necessary materials closer to your desk, having the tabs you need on your computer bookmarked, or if you're using Google Chrome, you can even like group them all together and it'll open them all at one time. But you also mentioned that you feel more energized at the beginning of the week, which duh, I think we all do, right? So try to front load your week as much as possible. So by the end of the week, you're completing those like mindless tasks, like making copies where it doesn't require any mental energy. Yeah, I think Michelle hit it exactly like on point there. Being proactive so that you can decrease the amount of time that you have to think is important. It might also be important to see how much work you are putting on your plate. So for instance, are there some things that you can cut out so that you don't have to be like the one that's doing it? This can be, you know, sending lamination home with a parent to cut, having an assistant or mom make copies for you, and finding ways to just go digital versus making copies is really beneficial. Things that make life simple, or as I like to call it, like super lazy, will really help you with not feeling so like out of it by the end of the week. Love it. Okay. This episode is very different. Like we've never done something like this. I'm nervous. So hopefully it goes well. I know Bridget really feels the pressure for this one. And I do, I feel for her. Okay. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she does not. No, I'm kind of excited for this. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through a set of steps in order to help Bridget, but also you listening, get ready for the end of the year, like have it all mapped out and ready to go. So Bridget, talk us through, what do you have in front of you? Okay. So here's what I have. Um, I printed out a blank calendar or you can use just our digital planner. Um, but I just didn't want to have notifications going ding, ding, ding. So I'm choosing to go printed right now. So I have a printed calendar that's just completely blank. I also have my school calendar that has kind of some big events that are going to be happening. Um, any assessment dates that are going to be going. Um, and then, you know, if you need, to have your digital planner because you have other information there, you can use it. I have my phone, which is also connected to my um, GoodNotes, which is where I keep my digital planner so that I could always just open it up on my phone if I need it. Perfect. So before we jump into these steps, it's okay, Bridget, take a deep breath. She's like getting all ready. Super. Guys, I am stressed. (laughs) So we want you listening to go through the to go through this with us. So you might want to also have all your materials ready. That means open your calendar, get your planner out. If you need a digital planner, our new 2022-2023 digital teacher planners are available in our store, teachingonthedouble.com slash store. We have both Google Slides and tablet versions. So if you want to go digital, now's the time. We recommend having a blank calendar, which Bridget mentioned. This is going to be like your sloppy copy. And at the end, you will transfer it to your calendar calendar, like your main calendar, whether that's in your digital planner, your Google calendar, etc. I also recommend having like coffee or a nice beverage of choice. I have coffee. I have water. Check, check, check. Okay. So let's jump into these steps. Number one, put non-flexible dates on your calendar. So let me explain. These are dates that are completely out of your control. So this means your school or your district has decided them. For example, certain assessments you have to get done, whether they are self-paced, it's just like, hey, have them done within this testing window, or you have a specific time frame of days or weeks where you are testing, field day, end of the year assemblies, etc. 
Again, these are going to be put on your sloppy copy calendar, the blank calendar. So Bridget, what you got? Okay, so as we are recording this, it is um, April 10th. The yes. day that we're recording this. So I have half of April and then the remaining the remainder of May. Um, and this year we have a much earlier dis- like end of like the last day of school date. So as I'm looking at my calendars, holy moly, guys, I don't know how many days I'm going to have left. So let's look at the week of the 10th. So if you have a calendar in front of you, this is going to be really beneficial just to kind of walk through as I kind of list out some of these dates. So I go back to work tomorrow, which is going to be the 11th. And this week is going to be a short week. This is kind of considered our spring break because we have a four day weekend. So the 13th is going to be um, a full day. The 14th is going to be a half day. Um, So I'm going to write half day. We don't get much done on half days because I don't get to see my kids on those days and our schedules are just really, really chopped up. I think we end up getting about like an hour, (laughs) hour and a half of like learning time that happens that day. So the 14th is going to be an early dismissal. I don't have school on the 15th. I don't have school on the 18th. Um, And then looking at the week of the 18th, I have two things that are happening. On the 21st, we're going to do a wax museum. So that day is going to be completely shot because we're going to have two different groups of wax museums. And so the kids are going to kind of go and watch each other do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not teaching on that day. So I'm going to go ahead and just make that a wash. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that we have is Earth Day on the 22nd. Now, basically, the way that we do parties at my school is that we have two parties, essentially, and PTO plans these parties for us. So the moms come in and they just kind of handle everything. Okay. But it's like, it's only for like half the day. So I still have like half the day that I can plan. Okay. I might be able to do a little bit. I'm not going to be able to do a ton. Mm -hmm. So I can almost think of it as a half day for myself. Then looking at the next week, which is April the 25th, like the week of the 25th, um, PSSA start. So I have PSSA on the 26th for ELA, PSSA on the 27th, and then PSSA on the 28th for just ELA. Okay. This is only ELA. Um, And then I have on the 29th, it's going to be a half day. So that is also shot. <laughs> Guys, let's like play the game of how many instructional days I have left. <laughs> this is stressing me out. All right, let's look at May. So in May, the first week of May is going to be also PSSAs. So on Monday, we have math PSSA. On Tuesday, we have math PSSA. And then we'll have Wednesday. But then on Thursday, it's kind of weird because our fourth graders are the only ones that do science. So I will still be able to meet with my fifth and sixth graders. It'll be an instructional day for me since I don't have a fourth grade group this year. Okay. And then the Friday of the sixth is a track meet, which is a total wash. So we just have fun. (laughs) It's good old good times that day. Is that like your field day? It's like our field day. We okay. do a big track meet. So okay. we have two schools. We They're called elementary schools, but they're considered intermediate. Okay. So we have a, two, four, six buildings. And these two, four, six buildings come together and we like compete in like this big, oh, huge track okay. meet at the high school, which is okay. really fun. Looking at the ninth, I mean, I have things like a fire drill, but that's not going to take away from me. So I'm not going to stress about that yeah. right now. Um, the other thing that I have on 
that week is that we will have no students on Friday the 13th. Oh, I was going to say thank gosh. (laughs) That got really loud there. So we're going to have to reduce that spike because I got loud. Um, Thank goodness for that. We have a full day of professional development on that day because we're getting a new math curriculum. Um, Then looking at the 16th, we have the sixth grade event on the 17th. So the sixth graders are going to have like a big all day event. I'll still be able to meet with my fifth graders. I just won't have sixth grade that day. And then from there, the final week of school, we have Move the Pride, which is basically where we shift all of our students from one grade to the next so that they can meet their next year's teachers on that day. So it's really fun. It's cute, but it's a complete wash of a day. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be the 24th. And then the last day is a half day, which is the 26th. We do kickball. We eat, you know, ice. Like we have these little like Kona ice. ice. (laughs) Like it's like Kona ice. I think it's called Kona ice, right? Am I right? So we have, or I think it's something else here, but I can't remember what it's called. But we have like some ice flavored ice thing. Like a snowball. Essentially. Yeah. (laughs) She just said we eat ice (laughs) shall I count how many days where I don't have anything going on how about you do that while I intro the next you okay I'm gonna count okay so step number two is gonna be to now brain dump all of the flexible activities these are the activities you want to do with your students at the end of the year but they don't have to be on a specific day they're more flexible so for example maybe a like personal end of the year party that you are just planning for your class or your grade level certain fun lessons that you do. I remember I used to always do like awards for my students at the end of the year and I would like dress as Willy Wonka and I gave out like candy awards. I could fit those in whenever I needed to. We recommend just brain dumping these on like regular paper or if you are using like a digital planner in there we have like lined pages and blank pages and dot pages, that would be a great place to be able to brain dump. Bridget, are you using paper or using your digital calendar for this? I am just going to use paper. Again, I would typically use my digital calendar for this, but because I'm recording, I don't want notifications and things going crazy right now. Okay. So I'm just using paper at the moment. Okay. So how many days do you have left? Oh, guys, I have 18 days of only instruction days left. Right, right. I I can't say bad words on this podcast. (laughs) It's going to be fine. So what flexible activities are you wanting to do as the end of the year approaches? Okay. So I've kind of thought about this a little bit just off um, because I've already been thinking about how many days that I have left um, prior to us doing this podcast. So my sixth graders, um, I have a very high group of sixth graders. I mean, not to pat myself on the back, but I have been teaching them ELA for three years. So they're all really, really good. Um, I am patting myself on the back here. So what I was thinking of doing with them is that I think I'm just going to do like a very condensed um, opinion writing because they're writing I mean, my kids are phenomenal writers. Like I have no worries about them as writers. So I'm going to do a quick like an opinion writing at the very end of April. But then I want to do a big, huge book club with my kids where we're going to read The Westing Game. It's a little bit more of a challenging text for my, for, you know, you wouldn't do this with four, six typically, but I think my kids can really handle it. And I think they're really going to love it. And it's kind of like this like mystery game thing. And my kids are all about that. So I'm going to 
to do like a book club, you know, activity thing where we're just going to do um, like a jury style kind of what's happening and detective style kind of events. Okay. So that's going to be my sixth graders. For my fifth graders, I have to keep just going with curriculum. And I feel like such a bad teacher saying this, but I have to. Like, I don't really have a choice. Like, they need constant routine and curriculum because as the moment I get out of it for them, it's going to be wild. It's a hot mess express in that class. So I can't do that with them. <laughs> so um, my plan is, is that I would like to do a day where it's like a glow day. I also really liked your mini golf idea that you talked about in our last episode when we talked about the test, you know, strategies for test taking time. So I like the mini golf idea, um, although I worry that that's going to take a really long time. How long did it take you? So because I did it in block classes, they would have like an hour and a half, let's say, in my block. I mean, I probably gave them like two days to work on it, to kind of plan it out and actually construct it and then be able to like look at each other's. Okay. All right. So maybe that might work. So I was either thinking like a glow day, a mini golf day. And then um, I also like to create board games with kids. So Mm. they pick a topic that they really enjoyed that they've learned about over the year. And then they create a board game kind of around it. And the kids will then just play each other's games, which I enjoy that. So those are kind of my go-to items that we're going to do. But honestly, I just don't have a ton of time to do a lot. And that's okay. I mean, that's the reality of the end of the school year. It's hectic. There's a lot going on. So step number three is going to be now scheduling those flexible activities on your calendar. Obviously, you have to plan these around those non-flexible activities that you already put on your calendar back in step one. Again, this is all being done on your sloppy copy calendar. So there's no pressure. You can always move things around, scratch things out as needed. So you have to ask yourself, when do I have time to fit in these non or sorry, these flexible activities? And as Bridget just mentioned, you may need to pare these activities down. Like you may not have time to do them all. That's just the reality of it. So Bridget, kind of looking at your calendar, what's going on? So I think what I'm going to do is... um I might end up doing my Weston game. I'm not going to start it until after math PSSAs. So we'll start the Weston game with sixth grade during that time. Fifth grade is still going to keep doing kind of the curriculum piece, but the kid, my sixth graders will have kind of this, these other elements just so that I have enough days. That's going to give me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days to be able to get through the book. Okay. I think that's plenty of days. And that's with like all the other, you know, days that are that are non-flexible in there. <clears throat> so 10 days, which is nice. For like the glow day or the mini golf day, I'm not really sure which one I want to do. I think I'm only going to be able to pick one. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's way too much <laughs> at the very end of the year. So what I might end up doing is, and I can't really do a like a mini golf day during Move the Pride because it's just too much work. I'm going to have to look at doing it towards that week before the last week of school. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think what I might end up doing is maybe the 18th through the 20th as like my fun thing. So I might do a glow day or mini golf um, and I'll just kind of put that in there. Okay. And that's it. I don't really, my thought is that I can't really put anything on that last week of school again because I have moved the pride and I'm sure we'll just be doing 
other items. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we usually do like a memory book. We usually have like certain games and activities that we'll play. Um, but that's that's pretty much that week. Okay. So now moving on to step four. Now that we've kind of gotten those flexible and non-flexible activities and dates on our calendar, we have to do some working backwards in order to get prepared. So step four is to assign timeframes for each event slash activity. And I think Bridget, because she already knew these steps, I think she kind of started doing this in the last one with the book where she's like, well, I need 10 days. So you have to ask yourself, how long do you need to prepare and complete each of these events or activities? Do not forget that prep time. I'm talking about getting your materials ready, printing things out, sending things home, right? Like all of a sudden you don't want the activity to come and you're like, crap, I forgot to even like tell parents we were doing Mm -hmm. this. So make sure you include any time you may need for grading or scoring of assessments. So Bridget mentioned like PSSAs. I don't know if she has to actually score these, but if she has Mm -hmm. other like, okay, she's shaking her head no. If she has other like writing assessments she has to get done, like that may fall on her to actually score and grade. So what we're gonna do is suggest you write a number next to each event or activity. So for example, if I wrote the number five, that means I need to start working on it five days before. You could even use slashes if you need to. So if you put two slash three, that could mean I need two days to administer this test and then I need three days to score it. Once again, this is all being done on your sloppy copy. It's going to look crazy. It's going to look like a game of Sudoku. Okay. It's fine because when we transfer it to that final calendar, it's not going to look as messy. So Bridget, let's start. I know you mentioned like writing assessments. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of assessments. They have like overloaded us. And so as I'm looking at this, I might have to end up starting the Westing game a little bit earlier, a week earlier, to be honest. Um, so the week of May 9th, I have to administer an SRI, um, well, which is actually called the RI. It used to be the, called the Scholastic Reading Inventory, and now yep. it's just called Reading Inventory. But that's one day that's completely washed. So if I'm doing that, I might end up doing that on the 10th. So I will administer the RI. And then I also have to administer a, a whole class reading assessment. And that's a complete wash of a day as well. Holy moly, Michelle, how am I going to do anything? I'm not, guys, I'm freaking out at the moment. <laughs> But you know it all ends up working out, right? Like we go through this every year and it all ends up working out. I just feel like this year is worse. <laughs> and and yes, and that very much is true, I'm sure. But but just think about how many times you've had this feeling in the past and it ended up being fine. Okay. So, so here's what's going to happen. <laughs> My kids are going to hate me. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I'm going to have to, because I have to do an RI, the reading inventory takes one day. The whole class reading assessment takes one day. So that's two days. I can score those, but they're like the RI is automatically scored. So I don't have to do that. The the um, whole class reading assessment, it's like a eight question, two passages, and mm-hmm. I can just quickly score it because as I get them, I score them really fast and it's super simple. Yeah. But then I have to do the writing assessment, which takes two days. <laughs> I'm going to have to do it that week 
they're going to hate me. I'm So I'm going to actually have to do the reading inventory on the 9th, the whole class reading assessment on the 10th, and the 11th and 12th, I'm going to have to do the writing assessment. So that's an entire week. And on top of that, that's not even my running records that I'm doing. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh, guys. <laughs> All right. All right. So, I mean, I'm going to have to move the Weston game up one week, which is fine. Um, and then I'm going to have to probably move Glow Day. I, I may not be able to do mini golf. I'm going to have to do Glow Day probably on either the Monday, the 23rd or the 25th, because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through it all. Okay. So Bridget's kind of now moving on to step five um, because step four is really just figuring out how long each of these is going to take. Step five is where you're going to actually use those timeframes to map out your start dates. So I'm so sorry if you can hear Ember in the background. She now wants my attention again. Mm -hmm. If your writing assessment is going to take, for example, two days to administer and four days to score. I'm sorry. She's just, I did like, hear that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's shaking. You could count back two days from the due date and you're going to add start scoring writing assessment to your calendar. Then you're going to count back two days from that. And you're going to add start administering writing assessment. Again, it's on your sloppy copy, y'all. It doesn't have to be pretty. You may need to move things around if you find that certain times are too busy. And this is kind of what Bridget was already doing because she was like, oh, like there's a lot going on this week. I'm going to have to shift things. So yeah, Bridget looks like she's thinking, go I, ahead. I am. I'm Guys, I, when I say that I'm really stressing out, like I honestly am stressing out quite a bit just because... I don't have very many days left. I mean, there's a lot going on. And as much as I understand the purpose for the assessments, I mean, I calculated, Michelle, it, it took away a month and a half yeah. of instruction from my school year this yeah. year, which is makes sense because I was like, why am I not getting everything done? I thought that I was doing something wrong because I like I whole plan. I go backwards. So I always give myself a month of buffer room. I try to end a month early with all my units and I try to figure out where I need to go. And I give each unit an extra week on top of that. And I still didn't get everything done. And it's yeah. because... I got a month and a half taken away because of assessments. Well, and that's the thing. As teachers, we know like how many assessments we have to do and how ridiculous it is because we shouldn't need to do that many. And we know how much it distracts from our normal instruction, which is super frustrating. But again, this goes back to what we've talked about. There are things you can control and there are things you can't. And it's not worth your time or energy to stress about the things that you can't control because you can't do anything to change it. And so ultimately, like you're stressing for no reason. Um, so I know you're feeling stressed, but it's not your fault. And like, that's no. why we do this, right? That's why we preach like being proactive and working through things in advance because you don't want to end up at the end of the school year feeling super stressed out because yeah. you weren't ready. Yeah. I think by moving my glow day, I originally said that I was going to try to do the mini golf and I was going to give myself three days. I mean, it's going to get condensed down to one day because that's just what I have. I mentioned that if, 
if you're looking at a calendar right now, the week of the 23rd, I have the 23rd as a day of school. Move the Pride is the 24th, though, so I need my room to look normal mm-hmm. <laughs> for those kids who are coming into my classroom because bless those third grade babies are going to be freaking out. Um, and so what I'll probably just do is that the 25th is going to be like a big, huge glow day party type thing because we normally give our kids like an, an event. We don't give gifts. We give an experience of some kind to our yep. students. So we're going to do the glow day that day and we'll just make it really fun, easy activities um, that they can do and maybe even a rotation where they can go from one partner to the next so that way they can get into everybody's classrooms um, versus just being into one. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to do that just so that I can account for all the testing that I have to do right after PSSA testing. Bless these kids. They are going to hate me. Um, But that's just it is what it is. I mean, I'm going to make that work. Yeah. So the last step I think is the easiest. Step six is just to transfer the dates to your main calendar. So again, this could be your digital planner or your Google calendar. Now that you've got your sloppy copy all figured out, you've probably got things crossed out, you've got arrows going all over the place, you're gonna transfer the dates, both the due dates and the start dates for all of your events and activities to your main calendar. So Bridget, Bridget's sitting there with like a pen in her mouth. Um, Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> I mean, um, that's so basically I, it. I know you're probably not going to do it all like right now on this podcast. Yeah, no, but, but I do feel better. I will be honest, like looking at it right now, I, I do feel better kind of coming to the decision of what are the fun things that I'm going to be able to get done. We'll probably just have kind of some leisure, like on the 23rd, some like leisure activities that are semi-fun-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, my kids are going to be working until the 20th. I mean, whether it's on the Westing game or, you know, my fifth graders have to do opinion and I really need to hit opinion hard on that. It just, that's going to be, it is what it is. And so I feel semi good about it. I'm still freaking out about the end of the year, but I feel semi good about it. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. (laughs) And a tip for everyone listening, be flexible because even though you plan all of these out, things could still come up that are going to mess up your plan. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Remember a plan is a roadmap. Roads may be closed along the way. You may have to shift gears. You may have to take a detour, but it's still better to have a route planned out and make changes than to have no route. So be flexible. Hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode. It's very different, but give us feedback. If you did enjoy it, maybe we can do it for like the beginning of the year. I don't know. I think that might be fun. Yeah, it would be like if we did like an entire year map one where we looked at the entire year and then we did one where we like just started the beginning of the school year. Yeah, because I think that's something a lot of teachers need support. And it's not something you're really taught in undergrad, at least Mm -mm. in my experience, like how to long range plan. Yeah, exactly. So do you want to outro us? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I will. I felt like you were like the host of this one. So I I just was like, you did. You did a great job. I had major Ryan Seacrest vibes. Yeah, you did. So I'm just going to let you go for it. (laughs) Okay. Got it. Well, we already mentioned it, but I'm going to bring it up again. We have the 2022 2023 digital teacher planners now available. We have both Google Slides and tablet versions that you can grab in our store at teachingonthedouble.com slash store. I'm a little bit distracted. Um, Ember has discovered the, could you hear that? 
I heard something. I don't know what it was, though. It's her little, oh, oh, like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So uh, when this episode ends, I think I'm, excuse <gasps> you. Look at her. She just straight up barked at you. <laughs> no, ma'am. Not appreciated. Give me like 15 seconds. Okay. Rapid fire. While you're on our website, teachyonthedouble.com, go ahead and submit. Oh, she's jumping up. <laughs> Guys, oh go gosh. ahead and submit your TSH. We would love to know what is your time-sucking hurdle right now. For Michelle, it's going to be embers jumping yes. right on top of her shoulder. It's pretty comical at the moment. We would also love for you to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified the next time we drop our next episode, which is on Thursday mornings. You don't want to miss it. And please leave us a review over on iTunes. We really do love hearing from every single one of you. Um, and it helps us to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.